comes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with strangers to the crowded crowd. It's a dream that you to make real. Passing note of the song. Glimmer, glimmer, of the ship being seen. Okay, let's try it. Let's try it out. You want a little bit more volume? I think I'm, yeah. I think okay. Good. Hey, everybody, this is Matt. This is Michael. Let's go to the shores of ignorance. Yes, we're going right now. Some of you might be wondering, what is the shores of ignorance? That's, the, that's always a good question to, to ponder for us. Yeah, I think the definition of that has evolved a little bit over mm-hmm. uh, the time since you first introduced us to that concept. Yeah, I think it, I think it has. I think it's continually evolving. I, I find the more that I explain our podcast to people and that quote, and the more that we talk about it, I, I still don't feel like we're there yet as mm-hmm. far as being able to really describe it and um, take people more intentionally to that space. Yeah. Well, I think that that's the that's the thing is take people to that space mm-hmm. um, or invite them to that space. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about the, I think the compelling thing for me about the shores of ignorance as a phrase is that it's a place that you go to. It's not like a place that we necessarily reside all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and in our conversations, it generally takes a while. We had kind of noticed that, you know, at the beginning, our podcast started feeling natural about like 30, 45 minutes in. Mm-hmm. And there's like a journey phase that you have to get to where the questions start opening up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when you've sort of arrived at the shores of ignorance. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think that's, and sometimes you, it, it does take longer or shorter. And depending on the, your relationship, uh, I think with us being on, uh, feel our, uh, recording ourselves, it, it, I don't know if it, it, I feel like when we first started, we kind of dance around a little bit more than mm-hmm. what we usually do. Usually we sit down and all of a sudden phew, we're there. Right. <laughs> we're just jumping right into it, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but there is some, I think there's, there's something about the journey part to the shores that kind of help orient yourself a little yeah. bit. Um, it's kind of like, you know, when you meditate, there's a point where you kind of have to stop, mm-hmm. breathe a little bit. You know, it's like, you know, unless you're like a, maybe a master meditator, <laughs> you can just jump right into it. Mm. But uh, there are some steps you have to take to kind of center yourself and kind of do some introspection. And sometimes I think with our words and kind of stumbling around a little bit, yeah, that kind of helps us get to that space. Well, there's this concept that has been super powerful and present in my head recently, which is this idea of speaking, uh, speaking order out of chaos Mm. and and the fact that what is going on in your head is so vast um and rich and deep um that it's hard for us to understand ourselves very well Mm -hmm. um much less how to articulate the things that we're trying to say and i think that that journey in any good conversation is uh an experience of aligning on in sort of the same space, headspace, chaos space, so that we can then begin speaking and articulating mm-hmm. uh, meaningful things out of that. Mm-hmm. But it takes time to 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 align first. There's like like you were saying, there's a warm up stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's, I mean, we've talked about this too, is how, because, I mean, we know with our, with our, you know, the people who listen to uh, some of the comments we've gotten is just kind of getting into that a little bit quicker. And I think that's something we're interested in doing also. Yeah. And I think as we mature and grow, uh, I think that's something that will be, uh, I think will become easier to do. Uh, I see that in relationships in general, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, uh, you know, when you and Alice and I sit down and we're just, we just flow right into it, but we have so much experience in that space, right. you know, uh, I think we do that pretty easily just even now with recording, which is, which is kind of, I don't feel as awkward sitting here with a mic, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> it's always seemed like we're, you're sitting in a room with this third person yeah. that, you know, you don't know exactly what they think. And that third person's this mic, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's totally true. Uh-huh. It takes time for that to dissolve into the background. And the more we do it, the quicker that happens. Mm-hmm. But I still want to, I really want to, you know, now and as well as in each episode, talk about what that shores of ignorance means. Mm. Um, and maybe what, maybe what we've learned each time mm-hmm. as we, as we, and, and we might say the same things over mm. and over again, but I, again, just to let you guys know, we're, we're also working through and processing and learning um, as we're, as we're doing this and we're trying to be open with you guys about yeah. our intentions and and the things that, that we want to learn yeah. as we're doing this too. It just occurred to me, it, I didn't see the link until now, but that idea that I've been toying with, this this speaking order out of chaos as it relates to what's going on inside of your own head, um, that is sort of a shores of ignorance analogy mm. because it is at the shore where you are confronting the unknown, yeah. the chaos unknown of the sea, <clears throat> And behind you is the land, which is what is known. True. Um, and the shore is somehow the gray divide between the two. And, and you stand there. Um, you can use what you know to confront and discover what you don't know. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's why we named our podcast after it. It's <laughs> awesome. But, but I mean, and, and that... And, that's the process of conversation, I think, is trying to arrive together on that same shore so that you can together use what you know to confront what is unknown and ultimately create meaning, I think, mm-hmm. or discover at least, um, which is a meaningful endeavor. Which is really interesting. So I also listen to, well, we both listen to Eric Weinstein, The Portal, and it's hilarious whenever he starts describing the portal, I'm going, that's the shores of ignorance too. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, like, I feel like there's this commonality of, of a lot of people are wanting to get into that space, mm-hmm. that space beyond. Mm-hmm. And I think the, I think Eric Weinstein does a, does a good job in his explanation of, you know, entering into the portal, which yeah. is these new ideas, something yeah. different will come from the space. I think some of my favorite episodes, I walk away from our conversations sort of chewing on things, thinking about things that I wasn't before. Yeah, totally. Um, and that's sort of that's Those are those moments, I think, that describe, you're right, both the portal and the shores of ignorance imagery. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. You wonder why Eric calls us the dark horse. Uh, Brett. <laughs> oh, Brett. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the dark horse. I don't yeah. know. I don't like it. Yeah. It just reminds me of the Katy Perry song. Oh, really? I don't even, <laughs> I'm not that cool, so I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Uh-huh. Um, well, man, 
I know you want to talk about that Brett and Sam podcast, but yes. first, mm-hmm. it's 2020. Oh, man. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I don't know if I want to look back or if I, I want to look forward. I've got, I've got lots of different thoughts on each one. Hmm. Let's do quick, a quick back and a, <laughs> and a longer forward okay. look. Okay. Because, man, I have so many things I've been thinking about for 2020. Yeah. But let's reflect for a moment. Yeah. Well, first on the 2020, I don't even think of next year. I'm more decade oriented right now. Mm. Like this, for some reason, this, this, this transition <laughs> into 2020. Is I like, don't know. It was like the weirdest brag ever. Oh, I guess, <laughs> I guess <laughs> I'm decade oriented. <laughs> oh, shit. That totally was, wasn't it? I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. No, I need to be called out. I love it. I loved it. <laughs> no, but you should be. I, you should be. I, that's one of the things. Oh, you're dec- I'm century oriented. <laughs> <laughs> so narrow-minded so narrow-minded <laughs> oh, <laughs> new man. year's resolution how about like a getting decade right resolution now. i think i'm a oh it's that it's that third person it's the microphone judging, judging me damn it <laughs> uh, all right no Look but i backwards i think that's one of your uh i was gonna say talents mm-hmm. i don't know exactly a talent but you you do <laughs> think in long periods of time when you think and talk about the things that you want to do and accomplish. And I think that, uh, I could stand to do that a little bit more myself. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I think there's, I've, I've, I always tend to be, I do tend to think more like three to five is very comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, tens, you know, you're starting to get out there a little bit further. Um, I think one thing in that same vein is, being more present is something I'm not very good at. Mm. And so it's, I think it's a definitely a trade-off that uh, if you, if you are more future focused or you're able to think in longer time spans, I would, I would guess that most people that are like that are not as good as being present. Yeah. And I think that's something I always have to work on. So, so I can maybe brag on one side, but then I have to like, <laughs> the, the you, kryptonite's you on the other. You always have to compensate, right? Uh-huh. It's the truth. I mean, you always, everything has a, has a price, you know, right. and, uh, mm. just making sure that price is not more than you can bear. I think Allison keeps me, she's more present than I am. So mm. I feel like that's a tempers me a little bit in that space. You know? <laughs> uh, and also have a great staff that my, my, my directors and stuff, they have like, they really keep me grounded too. So I think. Maybe that's, maybe I'm just really fortunate to have people, you know, and you're really direct with me too. So I think, I think I've just surrounded myself with people that are a lot more <laughs> stable <laughs> so that uh, I can, I can, I can assume to be stable, you know, <laughs> I, you strike me as stable. I know because you're my friend and you oh, keep me stable. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm floundering out there yeah. in the real world. It's like, you know, that's, that's the real me. Well, Com, maybe we can trade okay. some, trade some because gotcha. conversely, I've been one of my big thoughts for 2020 is that I want to start making some longer term plans and goals. Oh, cool! Because the last several years of my life, I haven't really had any. I've yeah. had a couple of little goals here and there, but nothing long term. Mm-hmm. Nothing like in like you were saying in the years range, three, five, ten years range. Um, so I've really been leading up till to uh, New Year's Eve last night. Um, I've kind of just been meditating on that. I use the word meditating just because it's been present in my mind uh, for months, actually. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, me too. The the last three years, it, it's almost you, that's almost more of a necessity for you. I mean, would you say before then that you had more longer Long term? term? Yeah. Okay. So you had a season of like, I mean, that was something you had to really yeah. focus. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. Well, right. The last four years of my life have been about more immediate mm-hmm. survival based goals and plans. Yeah. And really, I mean, I think maybe just, just this year I've kind of gotten to where I've got the stamina maybe, mm-hmm. uh, or, or just energy to start saying, yeah, okay, I can deal with two, three years, mm-hmm. five years down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that was something to you just seeing you like orient, like from, you know, work related to, you know, really setting up a really healthy home for your kids, mm-hmm. you know, what you've done. And I think that takes a lot of focus and a lot of, you know, a daily next hour, next 15 minutes, mm. I mean, focus. Yeah, definitely. And I think over the last two or three years, seeing that you've really established a rhythm for your kids. You know, and actually I will say my kids have been doing really well and, and the last, uh, and I'll attribute, I'm saying this cause I attribute some of this to them, mm-hmm. like them getting a little bit older, being coming a little bit more self-sufficient and honestly just seeing them step into like a new level of health themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think has really allowed me to stop being sort of like minute to minute, mm. uh, focused and, and have the space to sort of like relinquish my grasp and control over what must happen. Mm -hmm. Um, that, and that's helped me, I think, shift my perspective. Yeah. Do you think, what do you think it is on their part? Like what is is it, was it just getting older or y'all's your relationship with them has, is become more, not more stable, but more intimate maybe. It definitely has become more intimate. Yeah. But I don't know if that's because they've gotten older, more time has gone by. I don't know. I'm not sure I have a good answer for that. Mm-hmm. I, I think at minimum, they've just kind of finally got used to being kids of divorced parents. Yeah. I think that's taken a lot, a long time for mm-hmm. them to, you know, get used to. Yeah. Because I wonder with, with, with your kids now whenever they're with you they're they have a hundred percent of your attention uh-huh. um you know with, with my kids when they're at home alice and i can divide and conquer right and so there's a there's a there's a strength in that but at the same time uh, they rarely get our undivided attention yeah there might be seasons where one person or certain situations where they get more of our undivided attention as a singular parent, like I think I've seen different parents where Allison was played much of a bigger role and I've seen places where I've played a lot bigger role in that. But, uh, I don't know that I'd be, that's kind of, I don't really, that's not really a question, but more curious. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that's a strength and why the, um, why the, the family unit is so important mm. or at least one of the reasons why it's so important. But, you know, I think, yeah, when my kids are here, they get more of my undivided attention. But but they also don't, you know, because I'm also like almost 100% of the time when they're here concentrating on making sure that 
the business of life gets done. True. You know, it's mm-hmm. cleaning, it's chores, it's cooking, it's mm-hmm. helping with homework. It's, I have to do all of those things. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that they get more of my undivided attention, mm-hmm. but there is something to maybe just being alone with one of your parents that you, it, that you get a different kind of their attention. Yeah. Well, it's also awkward. Like this morning, uh, I was at the office and Emerson came up and was just by herself, kind of to the coffee shop and came in my office and had her oatmeal and mm. was drinking her hot chocolate. And we were just talking. And I really had that moment of like, it's so different talking to you alone yeah, out of the environment of the house. And she was just asking me questions and we were, just, you know, and I was, I was, I was you kind of had this moment where like, I really want to like take advantage of all of this, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, just kind of bumbled along. But at the same time, the, that moment was something really, yeah. Like you kind of like, Oh wow. Yeah. You're, you're this person that exists outside of your mm-hmm. siblings. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you put them all together in the one clump. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh wait, we're reflecting on, we haven't even made it. We, to- <laughs> <laughs> we kind of, uh, uh-huh took a tangent there we did are we good should we go back let's let's go back yeah to reflect i think we could go on that one for what are we reflecting on 2019 or the whole decade is the decade too much i would prefer i'm kind of thinking for me this last deck this last decade and the decade to come allison had something really interesting and you've pretty much fit in the same categories as we're going to see in the next decade but so much of our life just um, established and there was a lot of work in 20 the last last decade mm. like we almost lost our business yeah uh, one time for sure and we had to kind of go for broke uh, it was a decision we made um, our floor at our Guadalupe store yeah. crumbled and we had to decide to you know basically take some high interest loans and go just go in. for it yeah yeah and, you know, we refinance our loans and stuff like that there a couple of years and, you know, came out of that. And now mm. we have seven shops and a roasting facility and it's, it's looking like, uh, we're heading in a really good place, which is mm. phenomenal yeah. coming from spending almost going under to spending two or three years just to get above water. And then you're still growing, which it's my fault because I'm crazy. <laughs> I just keep doing things. Uh, I mean, that's worth, that's, cheers to that. Yeah. I mean, just having, having sat with you through that whole process, that's just so amazing to reflect back and on those Fido Fridays when oh, all yeah. of that Guad floor <laughs> stuff was going on, the Guadalupe store. Yeah. And just how, yeah, it was stressful. Yeah. But now here you are. Yeah, and everything, everything that was, that was the worst, that's the most stressed I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah. Probably the worst part of my entire life so far. Hmm. Well, so that's, that's behind you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> that was the last decade. Uh huh. So that was, that was really, I'm having a lot of fun right now. Hmm. Um, my staff, I'm having a lot of fun growing with them and learning to be, uh, for lack of a better word, CEO type. Right. Uh, to start seeing that I'm 42 now and I do have things to teach and to give as well as I'm continually learning because as you teach, you also learn. So uh, I'm having a lot of fun with my 
uh, we do a weekly meeting with our, you know, upper management group mm-hmm. and, uh, just really have enjoyed just working through problems with them. And so I'm, I'm excited about, I'm excited about that kind of where that has come to, um, I feel a lot more directed, a lot more focused, um, almost like I know what I'm doing hmm. <laughs> almost, <laughs> which is, I, I, I don't, if, if you know, if you know what you know, if you know what you're doing, then you might need to go see a therapist, but <laughs> <laughs> check yourself, check yourself. Yeah. Exactly. But, I wonder, it's, I feel like a part of that. Well, there's something about, um, spaces enabling things to mm-hmm. happen. I think there's something like really fundamentally true, almost spiritual about that. Hmm. I don't say the word spiritual, but that's not exactly it. It's like you got, you opened the roasting facility, which was another goal that you had set years and years ago in the last decade. And then that happened. Hmm. And part of that, it's not just the roasting facility. It's also that you have that training room, you have mm-hmm. a concert conference room, you have your own nice oh, office for the first time in forever. Yeah. It's like, and having in that the spaces for doing those things, mm-hmm. I think, really allows allows those things to happen. Mm-hmm. There's so much harder to do those things when there's not the space to do it. True. Um, I mean, I felt the same thing. You know, my kids and I were living in a really small house uh, for the last several years, and we just moved uh, and, and got a little bit more space. And it, I feel like it changed everything. Mm. Changed the way that I thought about everything. Yeah. Um, it's I. I'm just really. Um, it's amazing what changing your space can do towards changing the way things are in your life, mm-hmm. which it's interesting. I, I keep thinking about you and I and uh, Allison, we had dinner uh, a couple weeks ago and we started talking about whether or not you should clean your or make your bed. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I can't put that thought down. I keep like okay. thinking about reasons why, yeah. cause we sort of left it as, um, well, it's a personality type thing, you know, so one thing's good for one person, another thing's good for another person. And I kept thinking like, nah, I don't, I don't agree. Uh, I, I don't think that's true. That's awesome. This is the question <laughs> I had. I was going to, my surprise question is, it's like, what do you and I disagree about? Oh. So we don't have to jump into it right now, okay. but this might be it. Maybe it is. Making your bed. Well, but this is my point. It's like. Fuck you, man. We're <laughs> oh, not wow. friends anymore. <laughs> Wait. Damn. This is, a, this is a PG. Sorry. Is it? Are we PG? I don't know. I just We're no, I'd say we're no G. We're no G. No guidance. <laughs> there you go. I love that. No G. No, but I feel like spaces matter. We're nogs. And if the bed isn't made, then that space is no longer usable. Hmm. For, well, I don't know. That's not exactly true because Allison would disagree with me on <laughs> she that. Totally but disagree with you. but it's it's tending to the space, which I think really affects the things that go on in the space. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I in college, which is so weird, I always made my bed. Yeah, and up until the time I got married and moved in with Allison, mm-hmm. I always made my bed. But I get up before Allison, right? And so she doesn't make beds. And so I'm like, all right. Which is also like a fair position for her to have. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot of beds to make in your house. <laughs> and like, sometimes uh, you just have to be like, well, you know what? I just don't make beds anymore. That's yeah. too much. I can't uh, do that. Totally. Totally. Did you have to make your bed when you grew up? Yeah. I don't remember how strictly that was enforced, Yeah, but I did. Uh-huh. Like my mom taught me how to properly make a bed and, hmm. 
you know, military def- style style. <laughs> well, yeah. It's like the sheets yeah. and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know where, where my head just went. <laughs> um, yeah. I also definitely disagree with on the, on yeah. the bed making part. That's uh I don't know if I could, uh, and to me, it's not, yeah, I guess priorities too. I mean, Peterson, you know, clean up your room. And <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's the same concept mm-hmm. for him is like, how can you go out and address complicated problems without some sort of, it's about like freedom of like, be free to address complicated problems, complicated problems. And you're not really free to address complicated problems when you have a ton of sort of insignificant, non-complicated problems mm-hmm. laying around unsolved. Yeah. Like it, it affects there's that affects things. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that, um, cleaning up your room makes you more effective at your job and it makes you more effective as a parent. It makes you, you know, what if you, what if it's more, it's uh, maybe, I might be stretching here, but what if it's, you need a, you need a space of some sort that you do have control over and ordered. Sure. So for me, the porch has always been my Mm, space. Right. And so I have everything there that facilitates my being on the porch, Mm -hmm. you know, my ashtray, my drink, uh, you know, I got mosquito spray. (laughs) I've got, uh, uh, fans, you know, everything to orient so that I can then focus on the things that I want to focus on. Right. Reading, writing, whatever it might be, you know. But, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not against cleaning your room or making your bed. I don't, I don't you know, that's not, yeah. I don't think that's a, but I, I almost tend to agree with you probably. <laughs> but don't tell Allison. <laughs> Wait, she listens to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, Babe, I, you don't have to make I agree having <laughs> I agree having a, a space. Especially when you have a family. Mm-hmm. There's a lot you don't have control over. Yeah. And so you can't I, it would be too much to ask a person to sort of get all mm-hmm. of that stuff that you don't have control over under control and in place and in its proper spot. Yeah. I mean, that's when things get I it starts to sound a little bit um, perverse or abusive almost like, yeah. So I think you do have to let, you have to let things go. You have to decide like, what is my space Mm -hmm. or what is the space that's important to me? What that to be ordered? Mm -hmm. What's the space that's important to my family to be ordered? Mm -hmm. So like I, I, you know, I think it's important for me to have my room ordered and also like the kitchen ordered. Because I spent a lot of time in there. The kids spent a lot of time with me in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much more difficult if there's dirty dishes. Mm. Um, so, like, I really try to keep that ordered. Yeah. The living room, I can kind of let that go. Mm-hmm. Because I don't. that's like a space that we, is a little bit less, um, I don't know. So, I, I guess I think of it as mission critical. Mm. So, Yeah. I think I was just echoing your point that yes, it's like, I think you do have to choose the spaces. And yeah. then sometimes you have to say, I just don't make beds. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think too, it's like now my office is my space and right. I have a certain order that I keep everything in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once a week I clean off my chalkboards so that I start fresh 
once every week and a half a week, basically once a week. Cause I want to keep my ideas flowing. Mm. I don't want to get stuck too much right. in one spot. So, um, there's a certain order and, um, that I have within that space that really keeps me focused and moving forward in those spaces in the ways that I want to. Yeah. But I, again, I think one thing that's always struck me was, again, I, I'm sorry. I just learned so much through the hard things you've gone through. I'm sorry. Uh, no. you've, been a, you've been a teacher to me <laughs> in this area, but I remember, you know, the, you were told to eat breakfast. Mm, yeah. Do some exercise. That's it. Mm. And, you know, there's these times where, like, just get up and make your bed. Like, it's more about the, it's, it's more about what that means at that time. It might not be to have the same impact or meaning in another season of life. Right. But at this point, just, it's uh, like, what was that thing that you were talking about? Peterson said that, uh, do the thing that you think mm. you, you know, you would do or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pick something that you could do that you would do. Yeah. I think a lot of that, sometimes that, a lot of those things come to that space. Right. Um, like I, 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 I have slacked, uh, this is confession time, on dishes. Mm-hmm. And I do realize I need to get on to that. You know, it's like with my back and stuff and leaning over. Yeah, a little bit of an excuse, but not too That's much. That's a pretty excuse. valid excuse. Like you weren't even able to stand up for a while. <laughs> I know, but it's like I, I see that those are areas that I, I do enjoy that too, and I also well, enjoys that. Yeah. Also. So here's my maybe this is part of my point is like life is about because there's always going to be those areas mm-hmm. that are, that you're neglecting or slacking on. Yeah. And and especially as you assume more responsibility mm-hmm. uh, as you get older, mm-hmm. so more responsibility in your job. You have kids, more kids, more responsibility in your family. There's always going to be more and more things that need more of your attention. Mm -hmm. And if you don't sort of like, you know, maybe it's the dishes right now, Mm -hmm. there will be something else. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, this, I think the way that our, our brains work is that anything that becomes habitual, uh, you just don't even see it anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't interact with it consciously anymore. Yeah. And so if you don't make a habit of dealing with the dishes, then when a the couple of other things come along, then that is still a cognitive effort that mm-hmm. is great enough that it could prevent you from realistically dealing with what else comes down the road. So I, mm-hmm. I think it is really important to, when you identify those things that, it, that it's like, I can feel that that's being neglected whatever that thing is. And so I need to deal with that so that I am ready to deal with the next thing because otherwise too many of those things build up and you're completely out of control Mm -hmm. and beaten down by it all. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a good test. So maybe the bad thing, you know, it's about feeling that something is neglected Mm -hmm. for me where I think, uh, Allison doesn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. She's like, I don't feel like that bed's neglected at all. I had a great <laughs> night's sleep in it. Uh-huh. It treated me well. Uh-huh. I'm looking forward to getting back in later. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We were, we were talking about um, goals last week, and you were talking about some intermittent fasting stuff as mm-hmm. well as uh, um, 
Yeah, just, I'll, let you, I'll let you get into those if yeah, you want to get into those. Sure. Well, that's an interesting point, actually, because so the the, the thing you referenced, um, you know, eat, eat breakfast, do exercise. Uh, um, you know, at the time, what what was told to me by the therapist that I was seeing was uh, get up, eat breakfast, do some exercise, even if it's just walking once around the house, like through outside of the house. Mm-hmm. Those are your priorities. Nothing else matters. Those come above your kids. They come above everything that's going on. They come above work. Like, and his point was, like, if you don't get that stuff down, mm-hmm. like, you're not going to be here to even deal with the rest of the stuff. Yeah. And that was a really, I was in a really bad place physically and emotionally. Um, but that, and that served me for a time. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think really turned me around and saved my life. And I got just, stronger and healthier from there. And now mm-hmm. I'm at a place where, um, I think I've, I have reached sort of a new level of, of health and strength, maybe physically and, uh, emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to, to think about what I, where I want to go with that. I want to do more of that. And, uh, intermittent fasting has come up mm-hmm. as something that I'm interested in trying. Also, <laughs> I quit smoking, mm-hmm. and so I was snacking all the time, <laughs> and I started to put on weight <laughs> for the first time in like ever. Yeah, um, and I was like, "I'm I don't want to do that." So mm-hmm. uh, I just decided to try intermittent fasting, yeah. basically just not eating breakfast, mm-hmm. and that's been really good for me. Yeah, uh, so far it's been maybe a month, but yeah. Um, it's a great example of like the, the the advice that was so important for me then doesn't necessarily hold anymore Hmm. because the eating, the exercise, uh, I do that regularly. Mm -hmm. I don't think, you know, it's like, I don't have to waste a lot of energy as like setting up a rule. I don't have to set up a rule for myself to do those things. Those things just happen. Yeah. Um, because they become habitual. Mm -hmm. Strange to think of eating as habitual, but (laughs) yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on where you are in life. Too. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's like when you're, when you're, because I wasn't eating then. Yeah, hard situation like that. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Because you, you, I, I started. A, I read this article in the Austin Business Journal about CEOs. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's mm-hmm. really good. I feel like it, it does a good uh, part of like um, describing the tensions. Uh, anyways, long story short on that because that, that's a, that's a whole other thing to get into. Uh, so I started blocking out my entire day into, you know, 45 minute hour or 15 minute blocks with different things I wanted to accomplish throughout the day. And so as I've been trying to follow the blocks and do things within those blocks, it's been, it's been fascinating. Like I feel so free, which is hilarious because I don't like confining things. You feel, that's interesting. You feel free even though you have limited your own freedom. Mm-hmm. Well, cause I, I, I find that I've, I'm so it's coming out of this season of building and transitioning back into sort of vision and, uh, and running the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just finding myself always busy with stuff and I was never, I wasn't getting the accomplishing the things I need to accomplish that need to happen three, six months from now. Yeah. And, so I was trying to figure out how can I do that? And I was like, well, if I just do work on this, on this th- one project for an hour here, an hour here, and an hour here throughout that week, 
I'll have done more <laughs> than if, if, if uh, just like 15 minutes here, but I'm also doing all these other things. I mean, there's a time when multitasking is really good and stuff, but yeah. I feel like right now I'm, I'm in a season that I need to kind of reorient myself to focus on specific things at specific times. Right. Um, like I've got stretching in there, like meditating or kind of reflective type 15 minute slots, you know, and some stuff like that. It's, so I, I'm still in the middle of the experiment. So I might be like, you know, when you first do something, you're like, oh my gosh, it changed my life. <laughs> right. And then two weeks later, you're like, this shit sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you first start something that you expect to be positive and you uh -huh. see any amount of positive yeah. response and you're like, it's life changing. It's life changing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I might be a little too excited about it right now. And right. next week I'm, I feel like it's, I'm in, enslaved by my schedule. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's good. I, I think that's really beneficial. I could probably stand to do that a bit myself this year. You got your, you, you were laying out all these things you had, uh, 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 for January and mm -hmm. all, you, you got, you got enough on your, <laughs> <laughs> I do. We'll, we'll conduct different experiments and then we can like in the next two or three months, then we'll come together and then we'll <laughs> see which ones work and yeah. then we can exchange. Right. Uh, well, yeah, maybe so you can report back in in a couple episodes on mm -hmm. how your time boxed yeah. day is going. That's pretty cool, yeah. Uh, and, and I think one of the things for me is I'm considering uh, taking the intermittent fasting and adding a day a week that I just don't eat at all. Mm -hmm. And this has, I think, less to do with health. I'm not really trying to mm -hmm. lose any more weight. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm interested... And what that might do, well, one to my body, but also to my mind. Hmm. Um, yeah, because I, 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 I've been feeling like there's some real value in limiting myself in, a, in several ways. And, and that's still just like a hint of an idea for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what all that means, but my interest has been piqued, so I'm going to try it. We'll yeah. see what happens. What 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 led you, like what, what lead what leads you to, or what examples are there that you have seen, like oh, okay, like you know Mahatma Gandhi or you know it's like it's like mm -hmm. those sort of things that kind of like okay, that makes sense to me. I'm going to give this a try. Hmm. Um. Like what things happened in my life? Is that what you're asking? Well, I'm, I'm just curious, like what, like the, um, the limiting idea. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. I think quitting smoking had something to do with it because mm -hmm. I, I smoked long enough where when I stopped, I don't know exactly how to describe this, but there was like, feelings mm -hmm. that I hadn't experienced in a long, long time. Oh, interesting. It was almost like, Oh, I remember what, I don't know that I have a good example of this, but it's like almost like some part of the experience of life mm -hmm. that was opened back up. Oh, wow. Or maybe, Oh, you know how I said it the other night is that I think I realized that, um, and I realized this after I stopped, but, uh, that before when I was smoking, there was 
enough of my mental, enough of my cognitive processes sort of constantly tied up with whether or not I was smoking mm-hmm. that when I stopped and my brain finally stopped thinking about it, which took a while, mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, it's like I get extra processing power hmm. just from that one little thing. Yeah. Um, oh, well, yeah. And I can't remember now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And so I thought... I think maybe part of the the limiting idea for me mm-hmm. is like, wh- what else could I open back up mm-hmm. if I started paying attention to the the attention price that I'm paying all of the time? Yeah. Um, oh, attention. It, that just, Ian McGilchrist <laughs> comes into that. Yeah. You know, it's like what you pay exactly, attention to. Exactly. Which is, which is a similar idea of this sort of like speaking the order out of the chaos of your mind is mm-hmm. that what you give your attention to defines what your reality is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I think I just thought I want to play with this a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I want to, I want to see, mm-hmm. I, I have been for a long time feeling like, um, like there's something about life that I haven't figured out yet. Mm-hmm. And when I figure it out, it's going to change a lot of things. Oh, interesting. Um, and so I don't know. And I don't know what that is. It's just, that's yeah. just sort of like a feeling. And, and so I'm interested in playing around with some things and just seeing how I might be able to manipulate my own um, thought processes and hmm. whatnot. So that's cool. Fasting. Yeah. Almost uh, when you were saying that, it just makes, it makes me think of, of that. It's almost like a, uh, a posture of availability mm. or a posture of re- reception sort of, if you're so busy that that you have no space or room for anything else, then it, it, you, it, you won't see it or won't, oh, if you have no space, you just don't, don't have any room for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking too, like, you know, mm. like in meditating or something like that, if, if you're always just racing, yeah. you never have time to just stop yeah. and reflect and even just kind of, oh, wow, I'm thinking about this. Let me just sit with that, yeah, and just kind of be in that space. Um, Charlie kind of talked about that with mindfulness, um, right? Some of the stuff he's learning in that area, but yeah, I think the stopping. I, I was also thinking about. Well, I probably got this from either my sister or Michaela Peterson because they both are like way into the oh yeah paleo stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's something to like. I don't, I have no idea any science behind this, but like the idea, like if you get up and you start feeding yourself, Mm -hmm. um, so you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you're essentially requiring your body to be processing calories for the full time that you're awake Mm -hmm. and that there could be some, the idea that there could be some benefit of spending some waking hours, not processing food, Mm -hmm. but maybe your body doing something else. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but like, what would it do if it, it's that idea of stopping. Like you said, if Mm -hmm. you're running all the time then you don't get the time to stop and reflect, well, maybe my body needs some time to stop Mm. dealing with food and just deal with something else. I don't know. Yeah. No, it makes sense to me. I'm, I'm curious. This is kind of fun. I feel like we're already starting the year with so many different experiments. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there's that whole, did I send you that, uh, that video on aging? 
No, that sounds cool. Oh man. So, Oh, the rat one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you, you ever watch no, it? No, I didn't watch it, but you'll have to remind me. Well, this is, uh, this is the intermittent fasting thing keeps coming up, I, which is probably because I'm putting some attention to it right now. Yeah, so I'm uh-huh. seeing it everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, apparently, um, there's this scientist researcher who believes that, or, or there's evidence to show that they, he, they've been able to change the aging rate of twin mice. Mm-hmm. So one ages much, much quicker. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll just reduce this down to basically they, th- they say that there's, um, two sort of primary modes of the cells in your body. And one, one mode is, is a, protective regenerative mode Mm -hmm. and the other mode is a growth mode Mm -hmm. um and which mode it's in depends on its ability to rebuild itself accurately from the dna instructions Mm -hmm. when there's been any kind of damage okay um and it's more accurate the rebuilding is more accurate in the protective regenerative mode or or repair mode Uh than it is in growth mode because in growth mode it's just growing. I mm-hmm. mean, we're kind of like that too. Like, it's like, if you're, you're in like fat, healthy mode, mm-hmm. you're not, uh, yeah, you're a little looser. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so you're like your cells ability to mm-hmm. follow the instructions properly. Cause if you, this, that think about that, I don't ever reflect on this, but every cell in your body has a complete set of DNA instructions for your entire body. Yeah. And it's like, how does, how does a nose cell know to be a nose and mm-hmm. how does a, you know, fingernail cell know to be that or whatever. Um, well, it does. It knows what part of the DNA to read. Um, so anyway, keeping yourself in that mode uh, is helpful. And as far as decreasing your aging, mm-hmm. um, and apparently he thinks he can, might even be able to reverse it in some ways. But keeping yourself in that mode, uh, it, it, they recommend um, high-intensity interval training. Mm-hmm. So uh, calisthenics, running, things like that. Um, and, uh, intermittent fasting, keeping Mm. yourself sort of hungry for periods of time rather than fat and full. Mm -hmm. Um, the other one that they recommended is keeping yourself uncomfortably hot or uncomfortably cold. It's so crazy. It's like goes against everything Western, but we've like, what we've really (laughs) aspired to. But it makes sense, right? Like it's, Uh it's, it's basically expose yourself to adversity. Uh huh. Like you need a little adversity. Yeah. And we've talked about this before that you, I mean, didn't you say that even your, um, there are parts of your genes oh, yeah. that won't be opened up and mm-hmm. expressed until you experience some amount of adversity? Yeah, man, I, I will talk out of my ass on that one, but it's there, there's, and there's also like the idea of synapses too, and like, and, and firing differently and someone a lot more intelligent than me. And I've, I've watched these, a few people talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I hate to even like bring it up, but yeah, there's some stuff with how certain amount of stress is healthy for you and development and growing in different skills yeah. and brain development. And I mean, obviously it sounds also there's some health benefits mm-hmm. to, to being under a certain amount of stress, right? Uh, which also makes sense though. You think about our growth, you know, just as a species too, you know, just the healthiness. Oh, um, there's this guy that, um, I, dinner with, uh, Dave, um, uh, he was just talking about how whenever cultures get, um, too, uh, too comfortable, you know, they don't have those stress elements. Uh, that's usually whenever, 
cultures start to crumble. You know, mm. the Roman Empire, the, um, uh, you know, even it's a, it's a little bit of our Western, you know, we're just, we're just getting too comfortable and we're, the things that we argue about is just almost kind of silly in some regards. And yeah. some of it's really important and don't get me wrong, but. Sure. I mean, well, uh, okay. Yeah. Adversity, it has a uniting effect on mm-hmm. people. So I think it is a lot harder for a country to argue and disagree over gender norms, let's say, when the country's at war, mm-hmm. especially a war like World War II, when mm-hmm. um, we were bodily sending lots and lots of people to go fight with their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, that requires that the country unites towards that purpose and puts other things secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we don't have uh, adversity that is uniting us, and this could be true of a country, it could be true of a community or of a family, mm-hmm. we don't have something uniting us. It's a lot easier to start picking at one another. Mm, true. Um, I use that example thinking specifically about my kids. You know, <laughs> totally. it's like there's not something we're all actively engaged in that everybody is interested in accomplishing something. Mm-hmm. So it could be playing a game. Mm-hmm. We're just driving in the car. My kids are constantly picking at one another, like calling mm-hmm. each, you know, making up names, like literally picking physically with their pincher fingers, you know. Mm-hmm. So you, That's There's bad. a cost yeah. to boredom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Get into that flow state type stuff where, mm-hmm. you know, the challenge, the challenge and uh, skill set, you know, if we have a lot of skill, but no challenge, you get bored. And if you have uh, too much challenge and not enough skill, it leads yeah. to anxiety and fear. Um I think there's something I, I'm really fascinated. That, that'll be a whole mm. podcast we should do on that. I don't want to get all the way into that. Cause that's really, yeah, I could go down some <clears throat> roads there. I was just thinking about, mm-hmm. I mean, we can, I mean, E-mark, earmark that we're one. still, we're still reflecting on 20. 20- <laughs> I don't even think we got to reflection. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> um, do you know who Paul Rudd is? No, it sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Paul Rudd. Ridiculous. Okay. Um, <laughs> Paul Rudd, most recently he was Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. No, there was just a great meme of him saying, look at us. Oh. <laughs> he's a he's a gem. Yeah, I like him. Um, <laughs> do you have more reflections? On 20, 2019, 2019 or, or the decade. Or the decade. No, I felt like it was just a season of lots of refining. Hmm. Um just kind of feel that I've kind of been put through it. And um, it's a decade of defining myself as a parent, um, as a husband and and being a parent, Uh, really seeing Allison just really grow and flourish up until, not up until, <laughs> and then she went down. And downhill. then she stopped. <laughs> uh, I was just like, I mean, up to this decade, and and she's got some really cool things ahead of her too. But, um, so I think there's something for me in this next decade as far as kind of 
Hmm. I don't want to say, I almost want to say flourishing. And it's mostly, I feel like there's been a lot of work. I mean, even think about our friendship, Hmm. you know, we've known each other for nine something years, eight Hmm. years. I'm not even sure what the, that's always say 10, but I have no idea if that's sounds, I think it's about 10. (laughs) It's about 10. Okay, good. Uh, you know, it's like you, you put all this, Again, I'm going to use this, these words, but this work into a relationship. And then you see, like, we're doing podcasts together, mm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and we actually like still like talking to each other, which is cool. <laughs> and we got to find something to disagree about. Our relationship about. <laughs> tree is bearing fruit. <laughs> exactly. You know? So that's, I think that's really cool. And, you know, you know, Medici too, that, you know, just having gone through so many different um, seasons with that and kind of seeing it come into a mature version, you yeah. know? Um, so, and also just me, you know, emotionally, intellectually, um, just really feel the push and pull and to be more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, I think emotionally I probably have a lot more work than intellectually in that space of being okay with the known and the unknown, you know, I think intellectually I'm really, I feel almost comfortable in that space. Uh, when something's too rigid and known, I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. We're, we need to kind of stretch this back out a little bit. We're getting a little bit too, it's too narrow in our focus, you know? Yeah. So it makes sense to me, you know, uh, emotionally, uh, I feel all the emotions, but nobody else knows that (laughs) it's like uh so i think that's i think that's something interesting to explain or to explore um i still don't know what that means though i mean like allison like she you really see the emotions yeah and i think that's uh in a lot of a lot of it's really healthy too i I really do admire that you know Mm -hmm. um i think you're even more emotional than i am and i think that's cool Hmm. so how do you see that I don't know. You know, it's like when you feel something deeply, it's like you always seem to just pause and then let yourself feel that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's really cool. Um, But I did think about this. So I don't, you're such a, you're such an interesting subject to me. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But I did question, I was like, I was like, I wonder, I, I didn't know if before your divorce, that was, that was a thing. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't really remember. Cause mm-hmm. I remember it, it just, as I kind of going through that with you and just the depth of the things that you felt and allowed yourself to feel, I just kind of, I just kind of inherently thought that's the way you always were. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I just, well, that, that event in my life actually was probably like a landmark in you and I's relationship mm-hmm. as well. Like between us, because yeah. I really did uh, lean on you a lot mm-hmm. during that time. Um, so I probably did open myself emotionally to you more than I would have had reason to do before oh, that. Yeah. Um, and most of, most of the time we got together, it was uh, like, for the sake of having intellectual conversation. Mm-hmm, totally. So <laughs> we're going to battle up yeah. here. <laughs> well, that's interesting about here. <laughs> this came up earlier in my day. Um, but 
Oh, I guess we didn't say this earlier. I, we, uh, let me gather my brain for a second. <laughs> um, what was the Peterson quote we talked about earlier? Oh, pick something that you would do that you could do. Mm. So that one has been sticking in my mind. There's another one, which is um, say what you mean so that you can figure out what you mean. Oh, well. Uh, mm. Which I think is also relating to this ordering chaos idea. It's like, it's like you, you, you know what your thoughts are, or at least you think you do at some, mm -hmm. but then you go to try to articulate them and they come out and you're like, oh, that's what I just saw.